It's, it's a thing. It's a gift. Now, I would defer to Ed on this, but my vote would be we just, thanks for trying, but we just not do the lights on and lights back off again. What do you think? Just let it ride. I will say this, because uh, I was standing back there with our team working feverishly, trying to work out all the bugs this morning, and as, as the, the band did as well. And uh, so we appreciate you guys trying serious effort. And, um, but I think that standing in the darkness gives me somewhat of an air of mystery, don't you? <laughs> so I want to, I like it, you know. So, but anyway, we appreciate you guys being here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we are not, I don't think we're live streaming. Maybe we are. Maybe you're going to be able to live stream this today, right now. Maybe you're going to be watching this video at some point in the future. But thank you for clicking on this link. And uh, again, thank you for all uh, being here. Those of you, if you are watching the video and you can't see my face, um, just, you know, thank the Lord for that. That's a <laughs> gift. And I'm really charming, but I'm not exactly easy on the eyes. So it, it works out. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. But listen, this is a good day, isn't it? I liked what something that uh, Jesse was saying and, and Ed was e echoing that. Uh, oh, should I stand here? Is there like a glow? Should I, should I be creepy and do my face? <laughs> but uh, anyway, something that was said uh, by both Jesse and, and re referenced by Ed is that... Uh, Man, you know, when we gather, see, the scripture says, Jesus himself said, that where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. The presence of God, Lord's with us all week, right? But the presence of God is, is with us in a particular way when we gather with other, other believers for prayer or worship or a service like this, or even to, to click on a link and, and, and connect with believers that way. And so the Lord is with us. We have experienced God, and there's nothing that can stop that. Not a, a strange, you know, dark stage or, uh, or lights that don't come on when we wanted them to. Carl was telling me, uh, one of the guys back there, Carl Wright, he said, technology is awesome until it's not. And so today it, it wasn't. But hey, we're still here. It's cool. And thank you all for being here. Appreciate your patience. And uh, appreciate our teams trying to work on all this. Um, I'd like to take just a second. We'll, we'll get to our, our message for today. We're going to continue our, our teaching series that we've been doing for the past couple of weeks called Collide. And uh, we'll talk about that here in a second. But I actually have a couple of special guests that are worshiping with us uh, today. And I, this is not we don't normally do this, but... There's not much normal about today, is there? Let's be honest. So I'm going to embarrass uh, some really important people in my life. My, uh, Bob and Rita Warner are sitting right here with my wife and my daughter right here at the front. And uh, Bob and Rita are my ex-wife's parents. And they came to spend the weekend with Rhonda and Carly and I. And we have had an awesome time. Bob is a, a Vietnam vet who uh, was at Junk Day. Amen. Was stationed, did jump school at Fort Benning back in 62 and hasn't been back since. So yesterday we went uh, to Fort Benning. We went to the, the infantry museum and the, and the jump towers and, 
And uh, that was really cool. Uh, but I want to applaud uh, personally uh, Bob and Rita Warner for their kindness to me personally. So, thank you. Uh, so, thank you. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool story. Um, so, as we, as we said over the last couple of weeks, we've been in this cool message series called Collide. And uh, our pastor, Ed, who was up here a moment ago, has been sharing with us and talking about how it is that from the very beginning of the church in the book of Acts, which we have been teaching through of late, from the very beginning, the culture of the world around us, around Christians, has been on a collision course with the values and the teachings of Scripture. A collision course. So the collide theme has been our opportunity to talk about some ways in which that collision takes place. And so I, if you've missed any of that, I'd encourage you to go back and uh, check out on our YouTube channel or, or on the Facebook page. And, uh, and catch up on that because it's really cool stuff. And we're actually going to continue that series over the next uh, number of weeks. So more to come on that. And, 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 and we're talking about it again today. But today we're going to have what I'm calling the Collide Holiday Edition. It's a very special episode <laughs> of Collide. Well, we're going to be, because of course we're in this marvelous, this awesome season of the year that is, that is kicking off. And we are entering, I mean, starting this week, the holidays are upon us. And the holidays are a season in which the collision that we've been talking about between culture and the values of the world do come Straight up in the face of those of us who follow Christ. And so we just want to spend a little bit of time today talking about the, colli the collision that takes place during the holiday season. Now, I would like to say that I personally am a huge fan of the holidays. I love November. I mean, November starts for me with looking forward to my birthday but this November started with a world championship for your Atlanta Braves. Thank you, Lord. Needed a little bit more enthusiasm for that. I mean, I know it's all about SEC football, but give me a break. So that's how November started. And November will end with me eating tons of sandwiches made out of Thanksgiving leftovers. That is the best month ever, right? We love us some November. And then, of course, boom, we're, we're, we're heading straight into the Christmas holiday season. And, and, and we're celebrating Christmas, enjoying all the stuff of the holidays. And I, I just wanted to talk about a couple of thoughts that might help us to keep our bearings spiritually and biblically during the holiday season ahead. Does that sound okay? There's a, uh, speaking of the Braves, uh, winning the championship, and you guys might as well just start counting how many times I referenced that, because it's been a while, right? But in the middle of uh, mid to late October, the Braves were uh, 
in a, uh, in a series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and we were doing really well. We were, ta- we were in full command of the series. It looked like we were might be even going to sweep our way through there and just get into the World Series in a real hurry. And then all of a sudden, and we were ahead in, in this important game out in Los Angeles, and all of a sudden, at the very end, the Dodgers came back and beat us. And do you, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was the, oh no, here we go again thing. Not just for Braves fans, but for anyone who has ever cheered for any team based in the great state of Georgia. <laughs> Let's just, with elephant in the room, we're going to call it out. We're going to talk about it, steer right into that. See, here's the thing. We thought, here we go again. And I follow the Braves on Instagram because... I'm a righteous fan. And so they, they started putting out these uh, Instagram posts after that loss, which made us think we were about to blow it again. And Freddie Freeman posted something. And some of the other players in the Braves, and they were just trying to encourage us not to freak out. And they created a hashtag. I don't know if you guys remember this. It was called hashtag change the narrative. Change the narrative. Because the narrative was... A team from Georgia is going to blow it. They're going to, get, they're going to break our hearts again. They're going to get really close. And then they're going to blow it. And it's about to happen again. And they said, change the narrative. And the, you know what they did? What did they change? Everything. The narrative. <laughs> they did change everything. They changed it. All right. So here's my, I'm going to hijack that hashtag for the holiday season at Church on the Trail. For our, us as individuals and families. Let's change the narrative. Maybe you've got a thought in your mind. Heading into the holiday season. Maybe you're all about it. There might be holly in your heart. And everything's going to be fine. You're, it's just going to be the best Christmas ever for you. But there are some of us. Who might not be looking forward to the holidays. Some of us who might be weary. Over time. Of what the holidays have become. In our culture. Some of us. Are hurting. Some of us are heartbroken. And the holidays shine the light. No pun intended. On that pain. This is our opportunity to change the narrative. So I just want to throw a couple of thoughts out there to you guys. That I think could keep us grounded. Grounded in scripture. Grounded in our faith. But still allow us to just enjoy all the twinkly lights. And all the stuff of the holidays. All right? So we're going to start by having story time. All right? We're going to talk about story time. I'm not going to actually tell you a story. I'm just going to encourage you to decide about your story. Now, I'm going to read you a passage of scripture. And I'm going to read it off the screen because it is a little dark up here. Psalm 105. Read along with me as we read the first five verses of Psalm 105. It says, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness. Let the whole world know what He has done. Sing to Him. Yes, sing His praises. Tell everyone about His wonderful deeds. Verse 3. Exult in His holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for His strength. Continually seek Him. Remember... The wonders he has performed, his miracles, and the rulings that he has given. 
The reason I wanted to talk about the idea of story time is this. See, I believe that all that our lives, that God is writing a story through our lives. That's one of the ways I kind of, my mind works and I sort of perceive God's work over the months and years and seasons of our lives. That God is writing a story. And the cool thing is, is that if you believe that God is writing a story, then, and it sounds kind of weird, if he's writing a story about your life, what that allows you to do, if you believe that, it allows you to realize that even though God is writing a story through your life, you are not the main character of the story. Kind of sounds weird. Do you know who the main character of our story is? The author of our story. The one who's doing the writing. And if we approach it that way, then we're able to say, look what God has done. Every time we look at, at our lives, where we try to assess some of the things that are going on or have happened in our lives, we are able to say, look what God has done. One of the things that's cool about the holidays is all the stories. Now, some of you will gather this week and in the weeks ahead. Some of you, many of us, will gather around tables for meals with family members, extended family members and friends. Sometimes we'll go to events. We'll have stuff. And do you know what happens at almost every table? Stories get told. We tell stories about, do you remember that Thanksgiving? And do you remember what so-and-so did? This is where it gets a little dicey because sometimes it's not fun being the subject of some of the family stories. Can somebody relate to what I'm talking about? You would rather not some stories be told. Sometimes, and, and this is kind of funny, but it's actually serious as well. Sometimes we get misrepresented in the stories that are told around the family table. That's not good. That causes a lot of pain and some friction. But here's the truth about, about the story of our lives. Our choices, the decisions that we make determine the kind of stories we're going to tell. The choices that we make about what we do with our lives, how we respond and react to the stuff going on around us, how we prepare for what's coming ahead, those decisions are what determine the kind of stories that we'll tell. I mean, I know in my life I've got stories that I don't like telling. That I'm not, you know, chapters in my story that are, you know, they're, they're not real good. Sometimes I wish they could just go away. Sometimes if we would, if we look at those stories, we can backtrack and say that story started with a decision. So if we think about this season of our lives, this literal calendar season that we're in, through the lens of the idea of the collision between culture and who we want to be as a person of faith, then we should start thinking about how am I going to, 
how will I actually live my life? What decisions will I make over the next six to eight weeks that could make this holiday season the best Christmas ever? And that sounds cheesy, right? Sounds like a Hallmark movie. But there's some, there's some truth to it. Because why wouldn't this be the best holiday season ever? If God is writing our story, and if we are about telling the story of what God has done, and if we're about making smart choices and smart decisions that will determine the kind of stories we tell in the years ahead, why wouldn't it be a great holiday season? There's a lie associated with this idea I'm trying to share with you. A lie, a voice that you might be hearing in your mind right now. And it says, and that lie says, my story is determined by the actions and attitudes and responses of other people. So my story is going to play out. I wish I could tell you, but I don't know how it's going to tell you. I don't know how it's going to play out, so I can't tell you. I don't know because all so much about my life is, is, is determined by how other people are going to act. Decisions that will be made. Judgments that will be made or not made by others. I'm here to tell you this morning that's not true. We. We can change the narrative by yielding to the author, the one that truly holds the pen. We determine, we decide what story we're going to tell this Christmas, this Thanksgiving, this holiday season. We decide. And as for me, can you put uh, Psalm 105 back on the screen, big man? Thank you, sir. John, I appreciate it. As for me, this is the story I'm telling this Christmas, this holiday season. I will give thanks to the Lord. I will proclaim His greatness. I want you to picture yourself as this being the story, as this being what you talk about this holiday season. Can you picture that in your mind? Giving thanks to the Lord, proclaiming His Greatness, letting people know what he has done. Can you, can you go there with me this holiday? Can you, could that be you? I will not wait to see how other people, what other people are going to do. This is going to somehow shape my life and my story. I will sing to him. I will tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Next slide. I will exult in his holy name. Here's, here's my story this holiday. Verse 4. I am going to search for the Lord and His strength. I will continually seek Him. Will you do that with me this holiday season? Will you verse four, Will you Psalm 105.4 with me? Let's do that. Ver, verse 5. Remember the wonders He's per performed. His miracles and the rulings that He has given. The rulings, the, the declarations, the statutes, the words. 
I will, this is our story, and we're sticking to it. We will proclaim, we will tell people, look what God has done. And it doesn't matter how weird and twisted our story may have been at different times. Look what God has done. That's what I mean when I say story time. Tell your story. Tell your story and put the focus on the main character, which is who is our Heavenly Father. So that's why I wanted to throw that idea out there to you guys. Um, and then the, 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 the other thing I want to talk about here this morning is, um, is heart matters. All right? Heart matters. What really matters is our heart. Uh, this verse, uh, go ahead and hit that next verse slide, sir. This verse from uh, Proverbs 4, verse 23. We're instructed in the great book of wisdom that is Proverbs. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, because it determines the course of your life. I'm telling y'all, I think you know this, we all know this. Um, the holidays are a time where we really need to guard our hearts. Some of those tables that we sit around are, are hard. There are difficult things that come up around those tables. Some of those events or, or, or gatherings that we go to. Some of those visitors who come back into town. This is stuff that sometimes creates tension in our heart. And sometimes, as I said, sh you know, shines the spotlight a bit on the pain and the difficulties that we're going through. All the, the, the pressure points of our life. It, you know, the, it, it gets turned up during this time of the year. We need to guard our heart. Guard our heart. I have found that, you see, so let me, let me kind of give you, I was about to make a statement, but let me, let me set it up just a little bit here. So in my life and in my story, some of you guys are aware of this, but I spent decades of my life, most of my adult life, all the way leading up to 45, the age of 45, which was sadly 12 years ago. <laughs> Yikes. But anyway, so all, most of my adult life, I spent living what I consider now to be kind of a double life. I was, I, you know, I had a heart for God. I wanted to serve him. I was... I was a minister, I was married, I had kids, and, and yet I had this other life where I was secretly, and in, in isolation, I was struggling with a massive problem that was addiction level kind of problem. I was, I, I was, my life was ate up by, by, by lust and, and pornography, and it destroyed everything. In my life, as it as it as my life stood back in 2009, and when all my truth came out about the way I had been behaving and living, um, it just nothing was ever the same after that. And I and a lot of people, a lot of my family and people I love got hurt. So you got to understand when. I, and so over the last 12 
plus years, I have been living this different kind of journey. And this journey has been about really like opening up and diving deep into the real stuff that is going on in my mind and in my heart. Up until that point, sadly, nobody's fault but my own, I had processed almost everything in my life, my relationships, my faith, my relationship to God. I had promised, uh, processed almost everything through this mentality that said, it is better for me not to dig too deep into what's really going on inside. Because I didn't know what I would find. You know, I kind of treated my heart like a dysfunctional closet. You might have a closet or a drawer in your home that's dysfunctional. And stuff is just crammed in there. And there's part of you that wants to go in there and see what's there. Open the door. But you don't know what's going to fall out. Or how long it will take to clean up. Or if it could be cleaned up after the explosion of stuff that would fly out the door if you, if you opened it up. And that's the way I approached my heart. It's the way I approached my life. It was weird. It was a really not healthy way to live. But I didn't know how else to function. So if I did try to get real in a relationship or in a moment of faith... I was kind of leaned up against the closet door, barely creaking it open and reaching in and grabbing something. And then there it is. What addiction and recovery did for me is it gave me the courage to just open the door. And everything fell out. And it was messy. And it was not, it was ugly. But here's what I've learned. It's, or something I'm learning. I, don't, I, I made that, that statement just now. It made it sound like I got it figured out. Guess what? I don't. It's not even close. It's better than it used to be. So here's what I'm learning. I'm learning. It's like in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Where we're told, in your heart, set aside Christ as Lord. Set aside in your heart Christ as Lord. For me, to do that means I have to open the closet door. I have to just, I have to steer into the weirdness that might be going on inside me. And I have to say, Lord, I yield it all to you. I offer it all to you. Can you make some sense out of this? And so when I say heart matters, I'm telling you, now that little spiel just now was about a, a very serious and dark time in my life and, and addiction stuff. See, I found that secrets that I, I, would just, I swore up and down in my mind that if my secrets came out, everybody in my life would go running for the exits. It was not true. There were a lot of people who didn't run for the exit. And, and here I am, 12, plus, 12 and a half years later, 
starting to experience a lot of healing. So I'm saying to you today, to all of us, I'm saying it is worth it to allow God more access to all the different parts of your heart. This is what I'm asking you to do. I'm actually, honestly, I'm begging you to do it. Because when we don't do that, when we hold back, when we are kind of, when we kind of do the Heisman pose and give God the stiff arm in certain areas of our life, we are not obeying 1 Peter 3.15 that says we should set aside Christ as Lord in our hearts. And so, you know, it doesn't say we, we can set aside Christ as Lord in all the comfortable parts of our hearts. Or in the parts of our hearts and the parts of our story that we really need God's help. But the other stuff that we don't want to talk about, maybe not. That's not, it's, we don't get to pick. God is calling us to open the door and let him in. To all of it. And there's something about the holidays. Maybe it's the family component. Maybe it's the memory component. Maybe it's the regret component. Maybe it's all of those and more. But there's a lot about the holidays. That if we let it. If we let this holiday season. If you were and I were courageous enough. To say, God, over these next six to eight weeks, I want to give you access to parts of my heart that I've been holding back. We might not even been aware we were holding back. We just might have these defense mechanisms that as soon as God tries to work on something, we bail out. And we distract ourselves. Why not this year? What matters most is our heart. Guarding our heart. Letting this be where, where revival begins. In here. Uh, uh, I mean, we could end up in, in this most non-cheesy way ever looking back and say, 2021, best holiday ever. We could. We could if we're willing to do the hard work. And heart work is hard work. But why not do it when the lights are twinkling and Perry Como is singing? Wouldn't you think that would be like a, it's like a gift? God's like Nat King Cole and a tree in your living room. And now I'm going to do really hard stuff in your life. I don't want, why wait till January? It's cold and gray and, you know, and, and your team didn't win the championship. <laughs> I wasn't, well, I shouldn't, I, I, I crossed the line. I apologize. Hail State, by the way, nobody, you know, we're all roll tide and go dogs. Nobody giving that seven win team from Starkville any love. Wow. I lost the room. It was going so well, too, I thought, until just now. But here's the deal. <laughs> I, did, I need somebody to tell me what he said because I didn't hear it. Change the narrative. Oh, gosh. My words have been used against me. 
curse you. No, I'm kidding. Bless you in Jesus' name. <laughs> so, man, I just, you know, I'm just crazy enough to believe that, uh, that this holiday season is not just a thing on the calendar, but it could be a planned strategic gift from the Lord our God to us and an opportunity to lean in a little bit more to the healing that he has for us. I want to read you a really cool quote from a cool, a, a, a really quirky little book that I recently got. It's a devotional book. I don't, some of you might have heard of this. I'm waving it. You can't see it because it's dark, but it's a small black book. And it's called The Valley of Vision. All right, this is a devotional that is, is completely comprised of prayers and readings that were collected during the 17 and 1800s by Puritans. These are Puritan prayers and devotional devotionals. It's a trip. These folks were awesome. I think we know that. But this thing, you can get this on Amazon, the Valley of Vision. And what you got to do is you got to be willing to deal with a lot of these and thous. It's like King James language, right? But there's a reading in the, in the Valley of Vision. There's really cool devotional that just has all kind of great stuff in it. But the prayer that they pray is phenomenal. And there's one line in here that I just had to share with you. And here's the prayer. Let there be, and this is in, you know, just an individual praying from their heart. Let there be unrestrained fellowship with Jesus. Unrestrained fellowship with Jesus. Would we be bold enough to pray that prayer this holiday season? Let there be unrestrained fellowship with Jesus. Between me and my Savior. Between my family and my Savior. My friends and my, our, our Savior. Our church family. Unrestrained. Well, if we're going to pray that, then we have to. If we're going to be intellectually and spiritually honest with ourselves. Then we will have to say, what would restrain my fellowship with Jesus? Because otherwise, we're just saying cutesy Puritan phrases here, you know? What, 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 what would restrain? My and then we have to take the hard look, and that's another way for us to keep the door of the once dysfunctional closet opened to the Spirit of the Lord to rummage through and to speak to us in the midst of it all. I will offer from this same devotion some thoughts of things that restrain us. In this devotion, they pray, deliver me from the natural darkness of my own mind. Whew. And these folks had it going on, didn't they? That's deep. Deliver me from the competitions 
of my sinful heart, from the t- temptations to which I am exposed, and from the daily snares the enemy lays for me. Save me from the power of my spiritual enemies and from all the painful evils to which I have exposed myself. Let there be unrestrained. If you have the courage, if we have the courage to ask God for unrestrained fellowship with Jesus through this holiday season, He will show us, He will answer that prayer. And He will say, been waiting for you to ask. Now let's talk about some of these things that have been restraining it. And God will direct us and He'll guide us. He'll guide us. I know that sometimes uh, as, as believers, we can, uh, during the holiday season, we can get a little bit perturbed with our culture and our society and the American expression of Christmas, of Thanksgiving, of the holidays in general. And we can rail against commercialism. And too much Santa, not enough Jesus. Well, if, if that's heavy on your heart, then I, I respect and honor that. That's not where I'm coming from. I'm not really worried, or I'm not getting more mad at the world for just being the world. You know what I'm saying? They just being, that's just the way society and culture works. What I'm deciding to do in my heart is I've decided the kind of story I'm going to tell. And the focus is going to be on the author of all of our stories. And we're going to talk about what he has done. And yes, I'm going to listen to the Christmas music, watch the cheesy movies, and, uh, and, and Buddy the Elf is going to be everywhere, right? Because it's just fun, right? But I'm not going to get freaked out Because people out there are spending more time thinking about Santa Claus than they are about Jesus. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell my story to as many people as will listen. And I'm going to couch it in all the cool Christmas stuff. And I might wrap it in jingle bells and sleigh rides. But the story is going to be about Jesus And all that God has done in my life. I would encourage you to consider approaching this holiday the same. I think we'll get farther with those people who are more fixated on Santa. I think we'll get farther telling our story than yelling at them. Just my two cents. But I'm going to tell my story. And I'm going to guard my heart. And if you're honest and I'm honest, I got enough going on in here to keep me busy all day than to be worrying about, well, dang, they said happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Look, if if that bothers you, I understand. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not trying. I'm just telling you I'm refocusing. For my part, I got too much going on. In my life and my story. To worry about that. I've got to get the word out. To people. 
that I'm on a journey with a Savior who left heaven to come be one of us. And I'm going to tell that story and I'm going to guard my own heart while I do it. You feel me? So, that's, that's my pitch. My pitch for best Christmas ever. Uh, I'll, I'll have Jesse and the team come on back up. And then we'll kind of wrap things up. And, and when we're, we'll, we'll dismiss here in a few minutes after uh, we wrap this sermon. We'll sing a song. Another song of worship. Just focusing on the goodness and the bigness and the awesomeness of God. And the work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to sing about. And then when we're done, we'll dismiss. And here comes Thanksgiving. And it is on. But we'll have the chance. We'll have the chance to, to decide how it's going to be for us this year. Um... I am going to tell you one last thing. It's back before, back back in the two th early and mid two thousands. I was living in New York State. I was serving as a pastor at a church, a staff pastor, assistant pastor at a church there in New York State. And uh, Bob actually was serving on that staff. With us. And so uh, I had the privilege in that little town in upstate New York um, of going once a month to have lunch with other pastors and priests in that little community. So around the table, it would be about four of us who pastored Protestant uh, churches like an Assembly of God church and Vineyard Church and our church, and, uh, and then there was an Episcopal priest and uh, two Catholic priests. There were two parishes in our, our town. So we'd sit together every month and have a meal. It was awesome. We had a lot of cool stuff going on in that community. A lot of unifying. We'd have unified worship services together and stuff like that. And we talk about really important theological stuff, like who has, the, who serves the best bread in town. Because for Italians, which that's mostly New York, um, that's an important emotional issue. You know, where to get the best bread? So one December, the, the the lunch is being hosted by one of the Catholic priests. And so we're there, and in his uh, home, the, the rectory, they called it. And he's serving us, and he uh, and he's saying the prayers. God say he's saying the blessing over the food. His brother is his father Bill, Father Bill Cosgrove, and he said, and he's praying, and he does his bless the food, and then at the end of his prayer, he says, Lord, we thank you for the most impacting reminder that Christmas brings to us. The most important reminder that Christmas brings to us. And I'm sitting there going, what's he going to say? <laughs> you know, what is it? How's he going to work? 
I, I, I just didn't know. And he said, Lord, Christmas reminds us that you will always come to us. You will always come to us. Never forgotten that prayer. And when the holidays roll around, it helps me remember that as the scriptures teach, that when you and I were dead in our sins, we weren't worth anything to anybody. Even then, especially then, Christ came. And He died for ungodly people. And what that tells me here in 2021 is that, is that I know I need God to show up in different areas of my life. I need, I need God to come to me. And He always does. And He always will. So I don't know what you're dealing with specifically. I don't know how these last few weeks or months or even days have been. I don't know what kind of stresses and pressures come into your mind as you look ahead to the next six to eight weeks. But I will say this. If you ask Him to, God will come to you. He will meet you in your mess. The same way that He meet, met me in mine. In the same way that He still meets me in every one of my messes. That's the good news. God will never hold back. He will remove everything. He'll do miracles. He'll do scientifically and physiologically impossible things so that He can come to us. So how about we today ask Him to do something? How about we say, God, come to me in my mess. Make something wonderful out of it. Heal me. Carry me. Rescue me. Save me. We believe that even if you have never have never come to God at all. You've not even ever started a relationship with Him. We believe that the scripture says that if we, if you or I acknowledge that we need Him, that we are sinners, that we can't save ourselves, if we do that and ask Him to forgive our sins, then we, as the Bible say, can we can move out of a kingdom, a life of darkness, into a life of light. We can move from outside of the family of God to becoming sons and daughters of God. We can be born again. We can be saved. Maybe today is the day for you. Maybe today is the day when you would, in your heart, cry out to God and say, I need a Savior and I can't save myself. Would you be willing to do that today? 
you're watching online, you're sitting here in this room, today could be your day. If that's on your heart, then I ask you to pray this prayer with me. You can repeat these words, you can say it out loud, you can say it silently. They're not like magic words, but they are a way that we can cry out to the Lord. And the Bible says, if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. So right in this moment, I want to lead a prayer. And anybody who's watching this video or in this room right now wants you just pray this prayer along with me. You can repeat it after me if you like. And all you have to do is say, dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. Help me turn from my sin. Forgive me of my sin. And please become my Lord. I give myself to you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you just got born again. And it was the best, coolest thing you ever done. And you're in for an awesome ride with God. And so I encourage you, let somebody know. You can let us know here at Church on the Trail. You can call a friend. You can talk to your mom. Whoever you know has been praying for you. Let somebody know. Let us, we'd love to walk with you through the journey. Now, if you'll stand with me, we're going to close our service, as I said we would do. But I want to lead us all, all of us in one last prayer together before we sing this song and are dismissed. And this is our prayer, our opportunity to do what we've been talking about today is decide now how we're going to approach, how we're going to handle the collision of holiday craziness and genuine faith. That is a, the collision that's about to happen. How we're going to handle it. How we're going to approach it. Who we're going to be. So I just want to pray for you. All right. Lord, we need your help. We genuinely want for you to be the Lord of this season in our lives and in the lives of our family. God, we ask you. We ask you, Lord. Change our narrative. Drive the stories that we tell this Christmas, this holiday season, this Thanksgiving, the whole time. Lord, we ask you to drive it. Lord, we ask you to, to guard our hearts, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to give us unrestrained fellowship with you. To take us down that journey. Make this the year that we go deeper with you and farther with you than any other holiday season we could have remembered. Let this be the year, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys ready to sing a song? All right. You guys take us there? All right. Thank you all.